This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. In wild times like these, you need more than financial product salespeople. You need a firm that looks at the entirety of your life and helps you with strategies that coordinate all disciplines of good stewardship so you can manage wisely what God has given you and thrive in these times of chaos and confusion. Have a team that acts as consultants in the business of you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Here is part two of my conversation with Eric Paschal. We had a good time talking. I really enjoyed it, and uh, you know, I, I think I think we uh, we get even more passionate in the second round. But hopefully, in the next time I have him on, they'll actually you know we'll come to blows over some real things, you know. But uh, anyway, it was an absolute blessing to have him here on the show. So enjoy part two. You know, there's uh, what I think is, and we said this earlier, because you have a different personality to me, you're going to be a attracted to a different religious set or you were born i yeah. don't like the idea of being born into I, a religion i will tell you of all of the personality tests i've ever taken i've scored 100 percent on all of them so <laughs> I, I think it's the only it's the only thing i ever do well on so yeah me too right I, even some of them i can't answer yeah. you know, no my personality is amazing i mean i think it's established fact but uh no i, I um i think that um one of the one of the greatest things for my faith when it comes to Christianity specifically lately is is the times that we're in, and I think that there is a a great spirit of evil um, that uh, that we you know when you see evil you know you you at the depths that we see then you I think um, at least me I have to conclude that there is good um, because of of like witnessing that black terrible backdrop. And um, even, you know, Dr. James Lindsay, who I, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, I've had him on the show before. He uh, He's spoken here. He's a, um, a, a brilliant guy who uh, considered himself an atheist that, uh, you know, it's kind of now an agnostic. But, you know, even he is recognizing that, OK, there's a spiritual heir to the things that are happening now. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of people that are recognizing the signs of these times and some of the stuff that's happening. And they're a little bit like, okay, you know, hey, hey, I'm willing to consider that there's a spiritual, you know, nature to all that we're in right now. Well, and I also wonder a couple of things. One, I, I think about like, um, there, so the world, the way that, the, the way that I've learned it is that the world is based, it's, it's come together from, you know, in, like an infinite, an infinite amount of um, equations, right? Of laws, let's say, that have made this earth float around the way that it is and us be able to walk on this ground. And the earth really and people are made up of pairs of opposites. This is what pulls us together. But in those pairs of opposites, we have, and Jesus couldn't do it, Muhammad couldn't do it. Moses couldn't do it. The Buddha couldn't do it. Martin Luther King couldn't do it. Gandhi didn't do it. Like, no no one did it. No one brought just peace to earth. There's no, nobody. The earth has never been. Human beings never been at all at peace. 
or all at war. There's never been just poverty or just wealth. There's always an admixture of all of these things. And I don't consider them, even even the purse, the sickest people, like, you know, deranged rapists and murderers and child abusers and abusers and pedophiles and all these people who we probably could all agree. It's like, that's crazy. And maybe yeah. that's the evil and the sin you're talking about. How I look at it in a certain way is that's the pairs of opposite. That's how the pairs represent themselves in the world. For every saint, there's going to be a sinner. And it's not equal. There's times where there'll be more saints and less sinners, more sinners than saints. I think we are in a time where there's certainly more chaos than there is clarity. That's for sure. And there's certainly more manipulation than there is honesty and you know lies and manipulation than there is uh, honesty and transparency. Um, in my world, the sin is interesting. This blew my mind when I started really taking me years and years to just think about this. So I hate just throwing it out there, but it's interesting when you talk about sin. Uh, We talk about sin in the reaction, not the action. Now this is, before anybody wants to kill me out there, before I say this, the disclaimer is, this is philosophically. So you got to step back I'm not saying people aren't crazy and wrong, and I don't want to kill people myself and get rid of them off the face of the earth. But part of my problem is that's not accepting. Jesus didn't want to throw everybody off the face of the earth that wasn't together. So I need to figure out how I live amongst these people and not look at them as evil in a certain way, because I don't think that helps them. But what I mean by sin and the reaction is, if I steal something from from you, societally, that's stealing. I'm breaking a law, no doubt. But there's no sin in it for me unless I'm agitated. Unless I get agitated by my actions. Okay. That's the sin. All right. We, you you got to really explain that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to. Be, better I know. To, to me because that, I'm going that to. sounds um, I know. bizarre at face Yes, up. it does. I, I thought the same thing. So... The way you've been taught, I've been taught, and remember, our teachings, the things we've learned in the world, we we learned them before we could ask questions about them. We've been told things, we've assumed things, we just, they've all been laid out. We have no idea, collectively, how much information we have that we have learned without learning how to think for ourselves first. That's why if you're born a Jew, you become a Jew, you're born a Christian, or you don't, or you reject it. But it's all, everything's pushed on us, except how to think independently, independent of your feelings, independent of your preferences, independent of your aversions. So I cheat on my wife. I'm not bothered. For me, that is not a sin. I'm not saying it's not a shitty thing. I've lied to my li- wife. She should divorce me. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying if you look at the world as individuals and persons and personalities in order to get better, how you start getting better is that is something bothering you that you are doing. That's a sin. That's where we sin. If I don't pay my park, some people get bothered because they are trying to blow off a few taxes. I don't. Some people get bothered because, you know, um, someone dropped the license and they pick it up and they can't find who it is and 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 uh, they don't know what to do with it. Some people get bothered by 
uh, drinking out of a water glass before they pay for it at a, at a grocery market or eating some food. I don't. But the thing that bothers you... That, that only happens when my wife takes me grocery shopping and I'm hungry and she's taking too long and yes, I'm like unwrapping exactly. stuff and it's making her nervous. It's that agitation. <laughs> I pay for it all. <laughs> agitation, in my language, is sin. Yeah. Well, cl- well clearly, t- yeah, clearly that is not a Christian philosophy Correct. by any stretch Correct. of the imagination. Correct. Because we believe that, that um, there is There's an obje- and don'ts. Well, we believe that there is an objective standard and it's not our um, invention. It is a it is a God breathed standard. Um, and and, you know, of course, the Ten Commandments, you know, are yes. where you would find the, uh, you know, uh, thou shall not steal. Um, yes. And that includes, by the way, slavery, stealing of another yes. person. Right. Yes. You know, that includes Absolutely. a whole bunch of things that are in those Ten yes. Commandments. Um, and, and so we believe that it's objectively, you know, morality and that standard is objectively outside ourselves because, you know, w- uh, what you're describing means that, you know, Hitler, um, you know, who was not bothered by Absolutely such things means what you're going to say yeah, was, was not then, you know, therefore sinful. No, no. But who's saying all I'm saying, and this is why it's so hard to wrap your head around it and why I said it took me years okay. to really think about it and let it sit in. I'm not saying that Hitler didn't do things. To me, they were terrible. But to him, they were not terrible. That's how he could do them. Right. And I'm saying for you and I as individuals, the things that that which agitates us gets us away from that Godhead within us. If you're agitated, any stress, if you say you're stressed in life, you're done. You got no, there's no, how do you have a relationship with, how can you call yourself a Christian, a Buddhist, a Jew, anything when you're full of stress? That means you're full of shit because you are not God and that relationship, whatever you believe, because I, I mean, I have a general idea of what most people believe in their religions is there's a clarity, a purity, a channel. And so stress in and of itself is blocking that channel, but yet everybody walks around stressed and saying they have these great relationships and everything's going well. Something's wrong. So what I'm saying is if that if there's something in you that's bothering you, that's a sin for you because it's taking you away from yeah. what it is you really want to be and who you are. There's something in you, and maybe that is God, okay, so, telling you this is no good. <clears throat> it's definitely not to exonerate myself or anyone else yeah. from the crazy stuff we do. Do not trust these woke banks. Do not put your money into ESG funds. Instead, why don't you talk to the Alliance and Trust family? Finances in their blood. I grew up with them and they've handled my entire financial world for nearly 30 years. And as a testament to their talents, they've managed to keep me not just out of trouble, which in and of itself is remarkable, but they've helped me to build real wealth. They've assisted me through complex business transactions and family matters. Now even my daughters are working with Uncle Randy to put financial disciplines in place for their futures. Invest with people who share our values and will help you to be a good steward with what God has given you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. 
So, so this is a, a, a part of where, you know, clarity over agreement. Works. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I certainly don't agree with your definition yeah. of sin there. But what you are describing is a principle that I think is important to actually talk about, um, you know, pain. Okay. Which stress is a form of pain, right? If you're feeling um, stressed in your life, uh, number one, there's all kinds of verses that admonish us uh, to to basically place that stress in God's hands and to let that go, right? Hey, God's going to take care of you. There's a, a dozen um, right. verses that speak to that. Um, and, and so... Uh, that in and of itself, stress or pain of any kind, pain, you know, pain as a uh, as a human being, physical, spiritual right. pain, uh, right. mental anguish, all of those sort of things are signifying that there is something wrong. Now you're attributing, at least you're you're talking about that being being sin. I I, I don't. I, I but uh, some of it is sin, right? Some yeah, of those yeah, things, the sure. pain that you are experiencing, sure. is because you are living in some kind of sinful state, or there's something that's bothering you. Yes. Now, um, our modern world, and I'll. Bet you and I would find some agreement on this. Our modern world's answer is to change our state through, uh, you know, exogenous means like, hey, let's take some, you know, drugs of yeah. some kind. Let's, yes. uh, you know, let's go and yeah. let's numb the pain through yeah, alcohol or drugs yeah. or whatever, right? Sex, working and, out, and all I think, of it, money, power, fame. You know, and I think that's wrong. Now, listen, bro, don't attack my working out, man, because that's how I deal with this pressure and the stress. Uh, there's a, that's I think there's healthy, healthy uh, there's, to a degree, yes, yeah, There's sure. healthy outlets, but my point is, is there's a message coming from within you that you need to be, um, you know, paying attention Correct. to, that you're in some kind of pain. What is that pain? You know, most people, and, and this was a, I'm a, I'm a self-aware person. Like I can describe to you privately, of course, all of the <laughs> knots in my rope. Yeah. You know, I can tell you the things that I'm doing that are evil and bad and the stuff that yeah. I'm really dealing with. I'm, I'm very aware. Some people, and it, and it was a shock to me as I grew later in life, that, that a lot of people they are completely unaware, and and that is also a defense mechanism for them because oh, they can't but reconcile that. But what that. a joy! What a joy! <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Whoa! What yeah. a joy to not be aware! Yeah. My God, it would be so great. Yeah, um, but you know, um, I I think obviously you know the the steps towards health is being able to be honest with yourself and yes. be so, uh, aware of what those pains are and and where what they're being generated yeah. by and what you're doing so that you can deal with it. Um, you know, you're, I believe you're conflating that with sin in your philosophy. Um, but I, I, yes. I, I hear what you're saying, um, yes. but I think there is objective right and wrong. I think there's objective black and white. I also think, and this is the German in me that, that there's a far less gray or shades of gray than most people in our culture or anywhere in the, in the, uh, world, um, uh, pre pretend there is or imagine there is. I think more things, you know, that you can conclude over time if you spend enough time, you know, that most things fall into a good or bad or, or right or wrong categories. Yeah, I see. I see. Well, I see the um, the need for that with a lot of people and in society to a degree that there should be not subjective, but objective right and wrong. And that's why we have laws. That, right. that, that's why the law is there. I really focus in again on individuals and that's why there's so much gray because again, um, and by the way, I'm also not suggesting, this is important because I know it's your assumption and people listening. I'm not suggesting just because you don't feel bad that, because the other thing is like, but then, but Hitler needs to be punt. This person needs to be punt. Like this, all of this, like it, it is bad. So even if yeah. they don't feel bad, they they do, and they do. Yeah. 
They do. They suffer well. They they wind up suffering whether they feel guilty or they feel bad or not. It's something a little different to be able to understand the, the finite piece of there's things that it, they're not laws. It's just the way that I live that are something's whispering to me that that's, that wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. So, and this is where the gray is. It's like, you know, you can yell at someone in your car because they cut you off. Right. That's not a law breaking thing. In fact, most people do that. But if there's something in you that recognizes that's not cool. Yeah, but I mean, you're, 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 and you're, you're conflating it. laws versus moral, um, you know, like morality, let's say. Okay. Because, because I think that there is a ton of things that right now in our culture, both ways, there's a ton of things that are um, lawful that are not moral. And there's things that are moral that are not lawful. And I'll, you know, give you, I'll give you an example, agree. obviously, you know, from a Christian perspective, you know, easy, easiest ones, uh, abortion, right? Uh, we believe abortion is, is morally wrong and morally evil, and yet it is lawful in our culture. Right. Um, I'll give you an example. And yeah. I've said this before, I've said this on, maybe on this podcast, but uh, there was a shoplifter in a store and uh, the uh, proprietor and owner of the store went and front kicked like Spartan kicked this guy into the frozen foods. And he, I mean like bounced off of the glass and the frozen foods. I thought that that was moral. It wasn't legal because, you know, had that kid not run out of the shop. And it, when I say kid, this was a grown man that was right. stealing and shoplifting. Um, uh, but these days you cannot really protect property. Okay, we are in a world now where that guy could be arrested for that. Um, yeah. you you could be arrested for um, uh, if you do not state I f- I'm in fear of my life. If you do not state that, you could be arrested for uh, killing a carjacker. And I think that that is an immoral um, state that we've gotten in uh, in our culture. Um, and so I think we have we have some of those issues. I'm what I'm about. I would like to see moral law reign supreme, and I would like to see legal law diminished. One of the things that's happened in our culture that I think is very dangerous, and even Christians have been affected by this, is that we now put everything through the filter of not what is right and wrong, like you're talking about in your car. You know, because, yes, it is wrong for you to express yourself, you know, in, in a, a tirade of uh, of aggressive, you know, whatever. Even if you're alone in your car, you know, you, you need to master yourself a little bit there. Right. Right. Um, and so to be bothered by that, I think, is reasonable. But we have we have allowed laws to become so dominating and, and we have we have a uh, I mean, there are if you count regulations, there's something like five million laws on our books. That means you and I can't know them all, can't even close oh, to know them all. This creates me? this legal industry that is overwhelming. You know, we are being we are being subverted and suppressed and or oppressed by uh, the the overwhelming number of laws when it should be narrowed down and then moral law. And we should be asking ourselves is this right or wrong? Christians in business. This is the this is my my point to this, and then I'll shut up. Um, is uh, Christians in business now ask if something's legal? You know, and, and I'm picking on the Christians because this is my community. Is this legal? They don't ask whether it's right or wrong, which is how they can do things for shareholders that are abusive to their customers or or are wrong. That's how there's probably people within the big pharma industry that are selling terrible drugs to people or or pushing things, and they're making a, a, t- a tremendous amount of money, and it's backed by the government. But what they're 
doing is enslaving people to drugs. It's a beautiful mess. It's what it is. It's a beautiful mess because the morals you're talking about, of course, are based upon what you believe your moral morality should be. And then the laws are based upon whoever believes what the law should be. And so what I try to get at is, one, I'm stuck in this. So are you. Because if we line up a bunch of people, the gray is we're never going to agree. What are we agreeing to? You're agreeing to a Bible that says X, Y, and Z. There's a billion people that don't believe in that. So they're thinking these things. And so we get more up in each other's grills about how it should be when it's impossible to figure out that without making someone's always going to be unhappy. Someone's always going to be unhappy sure. because I'm okay with that though. Yes. And I'm okay with me being unhappy because in the end of the day, as long as I have the ability to think for myself on a personal level, practice what I need to practice for myself on a personal level, and I guess earn a living to some degree uh, and take care of my family, the rest is the big hoopla. Because if we're really talking about getting to a place the both of us, that is exercising our our greatest part of humanity and our spirituality, everything, including this podcast and the coffee I'm drinking and everything else, is, is just BS. That's doesn't mean anything. It's 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 all for human consumption to distract us from what the purpose is of getting out of this mess. And so the more we talk about this shit, and that's what I mean by it, it literally to me is, and people can say, well, we need this and we need this. Yeah, to some degree, but the reason why I'm not so involved in this stuff is because none of this is going to make anybody a better person anyways, because human beings will be human beings and sin will be out there no matter what. And so at some point we've got to say, hey, look. If you and I get in a room, even if you and I exercise the greatest part of our objectivity and we're hearing each other, we're still going to not be happy with each other in some degree if we were to set all the laws, etc. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people won't be happy and we're yeah. never going to get it all. Subscribe to Good Ranchers any day this month and get free bacon for a year added to your order. You're not dreaming. This is the real thing. Pick up a box of 100% American meat. Get 24 ounces of bacon free with every order, free shipping, and guaranteed 100% American meat delivered to your door. Sounds like a win-win to me. Good Ranchers meat is 100% American, absolutely delicious, and steakhouse quality. If you need it even more to push you over the edge, with my code BRYCE, you can get an additional $20 off your first order. That's 24 ounces of Applewood smoked bacon with every order and $20 off with free shipping. But this offer won't last long, so go to GoodRanchers.com today and use my code BRYCE at checkout for the best meat and seafood America has to offer today. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. So uh, I have an answer to that, and that answer has been, so, you know, our culture, okay, our Western culture was dominated by, you know, like kind of the the early ancient philosophies, you know, Greek and Roman philosophies, right, combined with Judeo-Christian values. And that's how we came up with sort of that, uh, you know, Western sphere. I've had great guys on the show talking about this. There's a lot of people that I follow that, that articulate this way better than I do, of course. I, you know, I went to LAUSD, Um, but, but the, um, 
the truth is, is some religion is going to reign supreme in a culture. Okay, If Christianity, the Judeo-Christian underpinnings to Western civilization, if we fall, okay, and the Marxists and the communists come in and dominate us with a secular, progressive, or again, regressive or transgressive philosophy is what it really is, um, then we will lose liberty, because liberty is a Christian idea, um, and it's why we had relative peace here. Okay, relative, because you are absolutely right about your point that it, it will never exist everywhere. It is why we had tremendous um, prosperity. It's also why the the mass majority of like, you know, Indians, for example, you know, came here and became very prosperous. Everybody flocked to the Western cultures to, you know, even even when they brought their own religious backgrounds and faiths and all that stuff, brought it there because of what is inherent within Christian philosophy, it allowed everybody to, to really proliferate and be successful. Right now, that is under tremendous threat, and, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to run anywhere if America falls. Well, when you say Christian philosophy, long before there was Christians, there was other people that had those ideas, and those ideas were what inspired a lot of what is in Christianity. And so the thing that that has to be, I think, understood is that if you were to lead with that, so many people get turned off. Like, I don't care. I don't care. You can call it whatever. I'm only saying this for a practical matter, because I don't disagree. But when you name it something that's going to be uh, vehemently opposed just because of the name, Mm -hmm. especially because it's a collection, nothing in this, there's so little on this earth that, and we're far beyond it, that has come from source and origin, like it's original. We're always piggybacking off of other ideas and concepts and stuff that have been put in our head. Yeah, And so... I I get what you're saying, and I I, I agree. I just don't think that the way to move forward with it is is to call it anything else, but an idea in which we have to uphold. Look, we have people have to understand that the best deals in the world. One of my greatest friends is a world renowned mediator, and he always says the best mediation is when both parties walk away pissed. Mm. Both walk away upset. Yeah. He's like, it's the best mediation. They're both miserable. Yeah. Or every once in a while, they both walk away thinking they won. But that's rarer. Usually right. they feel like they gave something up. Sure. And all I'm saying with all of this is whatever, whoever's believes the right and wrong is we have to develop ourselves in a way where we give way to being right or wrong and figure out continue to figure out something that's better than what we have because we need to advance. We're also here to advance the whole society, everybody. And we're not advancing. We're going backwards. The human being has fallen and fallen and fallen. That's what you're talking about. You might say because they fell out of grace with their Christianity or the religion, but it's like, okay, why they do that? Why, why, why? And the, and the answer that I come up with constantly is that one we are still not understanding this earth and what it is like, this is the way it is. It can be better, but it's the earth. Again, nobody has made it great. 
all across the board, and except no for, one's made it. Except for mitigable. Christianity. Yes, um, exactly. No, well, I mean, look, you know, as Christians, we we believe that you know we're we're given the Great Commission, right? You know, we're to to spread the good news of Christ, but but we're also you know at the very beginning of the book, we were given stewardship over this, right? Which means we're supposed to be responsible caretakers of what God all has given us. All very convenient. All very convenient. Um, you know, sure. It's like, I, I, no, no, you, I, I, you know what I mean. It's yeah, like yeah. Uh, um, it could be. I'm not saying it's not, but. Yeah, but 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 anyway, again, yeah. the, the Christian understanding is we were given stewardship over the earth. We were also told to be fruitful and multiply, right? Um, you know, we're to occupy the earth until you know the Lord comes, right? And uh, and, and that that is our job. So I don't think that there's a uh, in, you know imperative beyond that to advance, quote unquote. Right. Um, you know, and and I think that we have a lot of secular progressives that that's their their mentality is you know you've got the Noah Yuval Hararis of the world you know who wrote uh, you know Homo Sapiens and yeah. all that stuff saying that uh, we've moved beyond the God of the Bible and yeah. what are we going to do with all these useless people uh, yeah you know, drugs and video guy, games yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know all, all that sort of stuff and you've got the World Economic Forum and uh, all of these uh, you know globalists that that are are looking to um, you know have. Uh, even though you're vegan, have you eat bugs? Um, <laughs> which you already do if you if you're vegan. <laughs> um, you know, and so all of that stuff is is what they're driving us towards. And and I, you know, I think that again, you know, someone is going to be dominant. And I would argue that under the dominant leadership of Christianity, which leaves room for us, we're not a theocracy, right? Um, America is not a theocracy. The Bible doesn't argue for a theocracy. Okay, um, I think that is what's going to, you know, um, create the the most liberty and freedom for the most people, and we are right now fighting against the opposite of that. Well, again, I I agree in the terms of someone's going to step up. Yeah, because it's just historic, right? This is this has happened at one point. You know, at one point you had it and lost it. At one point, someone else had it yeah. and lost it. And so we all want to go back and say that time was the best, whether it was or not. But well, no you're time right. Is ever per- no time is ever perfect. Right. You know, you're right. because if Charlie Kirk the other day said <laughs> said that uh, we, you know, in respect to um, uh, Leah Thomas, uh, you know, undressing in the girls' locker room, the swim team, um, you know, he said that hey, if we were the 1950s and 1960s, you know, we, we need to go back to that kind of a time. And they're like, oh, you want to, um, uh, you want to genocide right. or eradicate or all stuff. And what he me- what he meant, you know, they, oh, they were calling for, they were saying he was calling for lynching uh, Leah Thomas. And no, the truth is though, men would have said, hey, dude, get your penis out yes. of here, and, yes. and we're not going to have this. Um, and, and it would have been, you know, masculine men and cops and people who, who enforce that. Absolutely. Um, but, but we're, you know, we're kind of losing our, uh, our minds in that because someone, someone is going to be, uh, be dominant. The culture, uh, um, someone has to be dominant. Yes. That's even a better word. The, the, you're right. And, and to, to harken be. back to times when we had less chaos and again, Slavery was terrible. Jim Crow laws were terrible. There was all kinds of terrible, you know, scars right. uh, in our past that also existed everywhere. By the way, um, that that we need to get rid of. But you know, man, yeah, it's hard. But the point is, it's hard getting it right. It is. It's hard getting it right, man. And we never will get it right. Right, and we can get it. We can get it to a place for ourselves 
because this is where we started, where we can, if we fortify our families and we fortify, but first fortify ourselves, yeah. we're getting into relationships. We don't even know what it means. You, you and I cannot agree more on that. We, we were getting yeah. into marriages. We don't know what it means to be a husband or wife. We're having kids. We have no idea what it means to be a parent. Yeah. We have no idea. And we're using, and this is a huge circle around. I love the ADD. Back to this book, trying to get into what it's about. There's a big part of this that my takeaway, one of my biggest takeaways from what I started learning from this guy, and it was huge for me, whether you get into it or not, is you can know, now knowing my background a little bit and mm-hmm. being this marriage, family, child counselor and learning all about relationships, this guy talks about love. He says, you know, he, he says, does anybody know what love is? And, you know, of course I answer uh, with a thousand beautiful poems and beautiful things to say and you know, and so does everybody else, because everybody does this always. And what he said has it, it changed, it drastically changed my life. Not enough that I can actually be love that way, but it blew my mind because it answered all the questions that I was asking about how do relationship, how could you love someone and not? How can you say, I love you, but I'm not in love with you? How do you say these things? How do you, what does that mean? And what he said was love is identification. And was like, well, what, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that I see myself in everyone and I see everyone in myself. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means if you take what you consider to be love and you apply that to every single human being, that's love. Love is the feeling you have for whomever, and you you have different responsibilities for your wife than you other people. You have a different kind of relationship. You have a different responsibility for your kids than other kids. But if you don't love every other kid as much as you love your kid, it's not love at all. That's called attachment. Attachment is love. You take love and you add selfishness and you get attachment. And with attachment, all of this stuff makes sense because sure, I can love you because I love how you're making me feel. That's what I love ultimately. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we're going to be great friends and we're going to be everything because we have these things in common and we have all these pleasure principles that are the same and we get a kick out of each other and you showed up for me and I showed up for you. But the moment that stuff changes with attachment... The love is gone. Yeah. And that has desecrated society because all we see is partnerships ruined. Brothers and sisters not speaking. Sisters and sisters not speaking. Brothers and brothers not speaking. Divorce upon divorce upon divorce. We see it all the time. These falling outs. We even see our rabbis and our priests and priests going to new churches and new temples and whatever because they had a falling out with because people aren't getting along because... They're innocently mistaken something that's very powerful for what it isn't. There is no, if you don't love everybody, you don't love anybody. Think about that for a moment. Because I, I don't love everybody. I'm so preferential, it's not even funny. I can't, I, if my kids weren't my kids, I'd probably think they, I, they're awful human beings. I wouldn't even speak to them. But they're my kids, so I love them unconditionally. How is that an, not a condition? They're mine. That's the condition. They're mine. That's yeah. a huge condition. 
Uh, love, when people say, well, love is unconditional, I would agree 100%. Love is absolutely unconditional, except you don't love that way. So that means it's not love. Who do you love that doesn't have a condition on it? Yeah, no, look, I... Uh, except I, maybe God. I, I, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. You but know, then now if you from love the Christian... God unconditionally, right? right? Then you don't love everybody else. You don't really love God unconditionally. That's yeah. bullshit. It, look, the, the Christian perspective on love, number one, there's multiple kinds of love. You know, the, the Greek has... Convenient. Uh, the Greek, well, <laughs> it, it, but but there's, you know, brotherly love, phileo, right? You know, um, that's very different than agape or, you know, the, the way you are to love Christ. Of course, love, right. of course. So there's, there's, different, there's different expressions of love. English, you know, puts it all. So, But so, none are different... In terms of the what I'm talking about, all of those loves, let's say, let's just, for semantics, there's all these different loves, right? You love, your love for the wife is different for your love yeah. for your neighbor or yeah. his wife. Yeah. yeah. Yet, love is still a way of seeing someone and a way of feeling about someone that doesn't change because of the vicissitudes of a personality of the world it doesn't it doesn't switch you do something i don't like so i don't love you you yeah. you i trump is a great person cuz he's so polarizing there's right. some people that love him and some people don't oh i love him but I love him but you can't but love is you either you <laughs> love is i tell the people all the time that are in my world of fairies and flowers and chakras and mm-hmm. hippie beads and all this bs Sounds it, lovely. it's just just awful I mean, I'm I'm a lone wolf in my world. I don't yeah. I don't I don't talk to anybody in my world. I don't know any like I'm I'm on my own because of all this stuff because I don't subscribe to it. I think it's BS. I know it's BS cuz I've looked at it deeply. But the idea of uh you know, I love everyone sounds really it's like okay, but I don't. So that's true because it's not love. What these people actually talk about is a truth. It's just the application doesn't work because if you love everybody and you don't love Trump, you there's no exceptions. There's no nothing. Yeah. I used to. What I would do is I take a piece of paper and you guys can do this if you know you're out listening. You're already thinking I'm mad about this, but just do this. Write a list of people you think you love. Like just put five people on a piece of paper that you think you love. And then I want you next to that name, tell me or whoever, you know, just write down all the reasons why you love them. Just, you know, you do that when this show is done. And then I want you to write on a piece of paper, all the people, I used to use the word hate, but then people, you know, woke people are like, oh, hate, it's such a terrible, really? It's a terrible word. You hate me for saying the word hate. So get over it. So it's like, write down who you don't like or who bothers you or hate or whatever word you want to use and why. So you're going to then wind up sitting in this list. And of course, I'm going to give you, you do it for yourself, but I'll give you what you're going to take away. And this is foolproof for everybody. You're going to, I used to have people sit in groups and like talk about, this is my dad. I love him so much because he's genuine, he's genuine, he's genuine, he's generous, he's generous, he's, he's, uh, he accepts me. He's kind. He's this. He's that. You know, everyone on the list is all these. They're funny. They're loyal. All these qualities that what? That you love. All the qualities that you love. Mm-hmm. Now, let's look at the people that you don't like. All the qual. 
mean, right. rude. All the qualities you don't like. All you, all you. What is this surround? What does your list surround you? Self-centered prick. You. All that love yeah. you think you have. That you, if yeah. you take everyone on the list and you take the qualities on the bad list and you apply them to the people on the good list that you love, now you don't love them. This is how people operate. The world is falling apart, so buy some gold, diversify, and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text BRYCE to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal. Our banking system is in turmoil, and we're not sure where all of this is going to go. Make sure you are hedging your bets and diversifying your portfolio with gold, whether physical gold and silver in your safe or through an IRA and precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Buy gold from Birch Gold to protect your family. You can trust them. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text BRYCE to 989898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim your eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text BRYCE to 989898. I, I I don't disagree with that. Um, I, but there there is a there is a Christian perspective on love. You know, love is an action. Love okay, is a decision that Christian, we make. Give no, no, the, um, give, I, give it to me. Well, I already I already did, and and I don't think we need to to you know belabor it too much. But there's but there is a uh, you know command that we have to to love. Where love is an action. It's not. I love it, It's that. not always a feeling, right? Um, there are feelings. There are romantic feelings. There are you know those sort of things but that the you have. There is tricky. But, but the action is tricky um, because I, you because if I you if I take an action right you can misperceive that mm-hmm. I agree love can be action oriented yeah but not in its reciprocity meaning as a parent when you say love is an action that's very tangible because there's many things you do for your kids in which they'll hate you but you're doing it from a loving place because they need those boundaries they need protection. Oh, oh, right. No, you, you and I are, you and I were hundred percent on that. I mean, I talked to people about that, you know, forever, you know, our job as parents, if we're truly going to be loving parents is to give kids what they need, not what they want. Correct. Sometimes those things might be the same, Yes. but, our, but also a further step to that is don't give them what you want to give them. Okay. I have family members that, that, well, Hey, the way that I express my love is this, right? Yes. But that is destructive to that young man that you're raising there. You are destroying Spot their on. lives, Spot on. and and you need to give them what they need, even if it pains you, because that love is not a feeling. Love is that action. Yes, that's the yes. I I absolutely agree. So if you say love is an action, it's true, and you say that's a truth, which is fine. I, I have no problem with that's that. Some really, black belt parenting stuff there, but just it, so you know. Oh my gosh. Well, what's <laughs> I mean? There's nothing harder. This is why love is so hard, and why yeah, it's so it is hard. That's why it's a commandment. Yeah. It's because no, when it's you and, have to get it's out easy, of yourself to do it. And when it's easy, it's a feelings based thing. That's right. It's yeah. not. That's not love. That's attachment. Love is where it ties into feelings, it, and, and that's why. When I said it's an identification, and it's it's because identificating, identifying is not a feeling. 
Right. Identifying is a knowing. Right. Yeah. So ultimately, We're, love is a knowing above anything yeah. uh, else. I wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't. Uh, um, I wouldn't say that uh, that attachment, that feeling, you know, is not love because, again, from the Christian perspective, there's there's I think it's seven um, uh, actual words for love, and each one you know has sort of a unique thing that that mo- you know most of us wouldn't explain can understand. But I, does I won't it go say something for when you love someone and you don't love someone anymore? How did? Do, how does? Well, but, but, well, okay, if you're talking, let's, let's talk like yeah. in the terms of marriage. There are times yeah. when you aren't going to love, quote unquote, your spouse, but you have a commitment, which is also love to that person. And, and oftentimes, as you know, being marriage family therapist guy, um, relationships go in and out from time to time throughout your life. You know, you look at that 80 year old couple. That, that stands up at the Italian restaurant and everybody's like, they're celebrating 63 years of marriage. Right. And everybody goes, ah, yeah. you know, you look at their eyes and you know they've been through <laughs> yeah. some crap. Oh my God, right? of course. You know, there's probably times, but, you know, we in our culture, you know, because that that small government of family was so important and we weren't and we weren't going to get divorced that that was why divorce wasn't what it is now right is because you were going to you made that commitment which is that that love before your family and friends and you're going to stay together you know in that thing forever even in those times that you know you don't like each other anymore yeah the like part is a whole i mean in a way but not really because i'm trying to say it in a way i'm thinking of a way as you're speaking i'm and so i'm half not listening cuz i'm thinking of a way that it's might okay we both do that from yeah, time yeah, to time yeah yeah might understand sorry to yeah it might understand this better and maybe the audience will in the sense of like if we can and forgive me if this is insultive i don't mean it to be at all if we can christianize this in a way at least my understanding of Jesus, and when people do say there's a reason why people say Jesus is love, because the way that Jesus saw people, right? Mm-hmm. He saw people as all of God's children, correct? Amen. Yeah. And so that because he saw everybody as a sister and brother, that is that's all I'm saying. That's love. That's love. We don't do that. So to call it something that it really isn't is yeah. part of why. There's a problem. So what I'm about to say is also going to be like, what did he just say? Is that if we get rid of that word, right? Now we just say, look, you turn me on, I turn you on. Whatever that means, turn you on. It means I like you, you like me. There's things about, I'm attracted to you, you're attracted to me. Well, thank you again. As a friend, as a friend, <laughs> as a friend. We're going to be pals. As a, as a whatever, right? We're, we're these things. And so it's like, okay, this is cool. And, but we understand there's going to be a time where, my my selfishness and immaturity is going to get in the way of this and it can completely ruin everything. And you go, yeah, yeah, there's probably a time where mine could too. Hopefully, we're evolved enough in a certain way and we meet each other in a certain way where that never really threatens it. Because in friendship, you can get away with that a lot longer than you can in certain family relationships and especially a marriage or business partnership. But if we approach that, like my wife and I do, it's like, look... I have the I don't have the first clue about love. All I know is that I respect you very very deeply. And your kindness and your wisdom and the person that I I am when I'm around you is something I really want to be around and I trust you implicitly. Like I see how you handle things. And I also understand you won't be that way all the time, especially if you're living with me because I'll probably drive you crazy. But having said that, let's get together and do this thing. And just with the understanding of as much as it kills me to say this, I might blow this thing completely out of the water. 
and you might blow this out of the water and my shallowness might catch up with me. I may, I may decide that I can't handle being monogamous anymore. I may, I may come unglued and lie to you and cheat on you. And I want to get all that out front because going into this thing, and I know it sounds very unromantic and ungodlike, but going in this thing and saying, we're committing together forever, when even in Christianity, and even with your parents, that doesn't happen, is a killer. It's a killer to everybody. So if we get the truth out and take some of the pressure off, believe me, I don't think this is going to cure anything. I'm just saying there's an honesty that is going to be useful in all this. There's a transparency that's going to be useful, which also tempers expectations And when you do this properly and things are on the table, it's much easier to talk. If I promised you for the rest of my life, I'm going to be with you. When I'm starting to feel like I can't be with you, how am I going to tell you this? How do we talk about this honestly? How do I even bring it up? How can I be brave enough to say I'm having fantasies and I'm scared? How can I say that I'm building resentments? How can I maintain a vulnerability when I'm supposed to maintain this huge, massive thing? So within the book and within some other and, and, and within these teachings, there are three or four very, very important things to do that are so basic that have to do with giving each other space, that have to do with understanding, which is very Christian, your your duties rather than rights. You have duties, not rights, meaning I'm your husband, you owe me. No, no, no. I'm your husband. How can I be the best husband I can be? I'm your brother. How can I be the best brother? I'm not interested in what kind of brother you are to me. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in what kind of brother I can be to you. Uh, Right? By by the way, all that you're describing there is... Yeah, yeah. Christian principles, That's why I can walk into church, and I have many. You can't imagine how many people have, you know, baptized me, you know, Christianized... I mean, like, I'm like, I'm in. Like, I'm in. Then every once in a while, someone gets pissed because I say something else, and it's like, he's really not in. But I am a token... (laughs) I mean, and I can't tell you how many times I've walked into, especially Baptist churches in uh, in Detroit. My father is a lawyer, and bizarrely enough, started creating relationships with the preachers in there, because they, all the congregants go to the preacher when there's a problem. Right. And so if there's a lawsuit, they go to the law and he comes to my dad. So I've had to go to, and it's always stricken me when people come up to me and they go, how does it feel to have a direct relationship with God? I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Well, you're the chosen people. We have to go through Jesus. You, you, you get, you just get to, and you know, that's where I go so haywire with this stuff. Cause it's like, on paper, it looks like there's two different religions. There's two different things that are being said. Uh, there's two different ways. And there is. But that is because people are different. People need to hear different things. People relate to different things. Mm-hmm. But the similarities are robust. And I've always felt comfortable. That's why I can come on here or whatever. Because even if I don't believe certain things... I, I, I'm in like, yeah, I'm no, in, I'm listen, in. That's, that's very much to your credit. I'm always in, like, yeah. I want to know more. I like to learn stuff also. And yeah. I, I, I'm in, I, I just, so, so that's what I try to do is try to take some of this stuff 
in whatever way you want to call it, and help people people apply it to themselves and their marriages so that they can begin to understand the natural pitfalls of the human mind and what happens. Because if you look at every marriage and every relationship, this is why it all comes together so well. And I am a believer in my in, in my ways, whether it's right ultimately or wrong. But I can see it is that if you take relationships and you analyze all relationships themselves have their own nature. Every single one, you, you break up with one person, you get another, you will be profoundly disturbed one day when you wake up and you realize, wait a minute, am I in the same relationship? Yes, it's well, a little different. You, t- you took you with you. Not only did you take you with <laughs> yeah, the you. The first thing you, you pack up when you leave is yourself. Not only do you take you with you, but the nature of being with someone who's not you, right? right? Yeah. And living among someone who is not you, who has different opinions and different thoughts and different times they do things and different ways they like to do things and all that, that's, that's in every single relationship. Mm-hmm. In every single relationship, people are vying for attention and they're vying for support and everybody does those two things differently. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're a little bit wrong, though, because in Christian relationships, you know, we don't, as men, allow our wives to have opinions. <laughs> we, we suppress them. We oppress them. Uh, we, 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 you know, they, they have to wear certain things. Uh, and, and, and clearly, you know, no, yeah, no opinions are, are to ever diverge from ours. Correct. You correct. Know, that's, correct. That's, uh, Correct. You know, they're not it's going to, they're tale. not going to heaven. It's they're ha- not going it's, to it's heaven. It's handmaid's yes. tale. Yes. Uh, well, yes. unless they listen to us. Yes. If they correct. listen to us, right. there's one choice. without argument, yes. then, you know, they might. Uh, you know, I try that in my home with both the wives I have. It did not work. Well, my wife's just, a fiery Italian. It just, so, yeah. Know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, listen, um, listen, uh, how do we, uh, how do we follow you? How do we find your book? We've, we've, uh, you and I have gone for two full segments here. No way. Uh, and we could probably go for five, Yeah, and uh, I but feel I'm going to have you come back. We didn't even get deep. I feel like we just kind of... We're feeling this each is other a, out. This and, is like a first know, date. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're getting to know each other. It was and, big, um, but not, you know, you know, we didn't yeah. strike deep, but, I, but we went but, across the world. But I think we'll have another time. We, awesome, we can do awesome, this. Awesome. We'll, we'll, do, it. we'll so, do a second one. Eric Paschal, you can find me. Um, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been having sightings on TikTok at Eric Paschal. Uh, what you'll find there is no, it's basically just everything that's cut away from my podcast. You can go to the emotional, emotional empowerment movement.com, emotional empowerment movement.com, or actually easier emotional empowerment.com. You can find me at ericpascal.com. Uh, one of my books that we didn't talk about emotional empowerment movement is on uh, Amazon. You can find it there. I want to learn from you. Uh, I also, I appreciated all the things you said. I didn't mind you saying what you're saying. One, because this is your show, I'm a guest. And two, because uh, you've taken the time to learn things. And that in itself is something very attractive to me. I try not to get too caught up in what someone's saying, but what it took for someone to be able to say that and the commitment and the courage and the steadfastness that it takes for a human being to have some knowledge and to be able to express it. And then even harder to be able to actually live it because we all know how that goes. Um, Very, very difficult to convert knowledge into wisdom. But uh, I, I, I learned, um, a ton about you and felt really very, 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 very comfortable in being with someone, which is very rare. 
maybe that's why we're together and should do more stuff, where people are extremely passionate about their views and what they believe and are uh, extremely welcoming for other people to be that way as well. Cool. Well, well hey, thank you for that compliment. I, I think the, the greatest thing I've talked about this, uh, the, the, the worst thing that's happening in our culture right now is people don't know why they believe what they believe. And, uh, and that's on both sides, you know, yes. that's across all of the political spectrum. You know, there's a lot of people yes. that have adopted certain points of view, uh, just merely because they grew up in it, whatever, oh. and they've not carefully examined and they don't know how to discuss it, you know, and I think that's a real problem. So I, I appreciate, uh, you coming on and, and, uh, and us having, you know, this, uh, this more free dialogue and, uh, let's, uh, let's get, let's get into it again. Let's you know? do it again. Let's man. do it. Let's so do it again. for sure. Well, um, I guess we're out. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode of The Bryce Eddy Show. Hey, we need your help. We have a special call to action. Please subscribe to our new Rumble channel, The Bryce Eddy Show. If you've been consuming this on our church website or church channel, go ahead and subscribe to us on Rumble. We need to build those numbers there for that new dedicated channel. For your convenience, we have a link in the description below.